Ladies and gentlemen, the Super Bowl 57 betting odds are out already and we are about to dive in on where the Cowboys rank. It is never too early to start talking about next season. So we will do that tonight for a brief moment. Later in the week, we will also discuss what will be worse, what will be better for the Cowboys in 2022. But for now, why not take a look at the early odds of the betting world? We will also talk about what the outlook is for the entire league. As And as in every Monday, we will have Mock Monday, in which we take a look at one mock draft from around the NFL and discuss the Cowboys draft pick. So thank you guys for tuning to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the stream. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm excited. I hope that you guys had an amazing 14th of the second month of the year, February. I hope that you had a great Valentine's Day. And well, without further ado, let's start the show officially. Here we go. everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire official off-season because we were referring to the current situation as the off-season for a while now because the Cowboys you know, they faced an early elimination in the wildcard round versus the 49ers. And it didn't feel great to talk about, you know, the offseason, even though the NFL was still playing games. But now, officially, starting today, it doesn't feel as bad. Maybe it does feel a bit bad, but hey, not as bad. Because now the 32 teams of the league are in the same situation. So throughout the entire offseason... Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content and for more Mavericks content as the NBA season continues to heat up and the Mavericks continue to fight their way through, uh, mo through more teams. Now, thank you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to the show. What is up, Lumen, over at YouTube? Uh, Burner account says same story every year. Why will next year be different? We'll try to get into that conversation, deeper into it throughout the course of the week. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, Chuck says, I told you Joe would be comeback. Oh, comeback player of the year over, over Dak. I told you, says Chuck. That was made official on, on Thursday during the NFL Honors Award show. By the way, absolutely hate it. The fact that the Marcus were didn't get into the Hall of Fame. I don't see how Leroy Butler is in the Hall of Fame and not D Ware. That is something that I cannot fully comprehend. What is up, Gregory? Thank you for joining the show as well. Guys, as you join the stream, make sure you hit the like button and share the show as always. Uh, Fernando Quintana bringing up some 
some early controversy to the show. He says, in my opinion, Cooper Cup didn't deserve the MVP mention of the Super Bowl. I, I've seen this take on a lot of places uh, this Monday, and I don't hate that take. I like it. I, I was leaning towards Aaron Donald when Super Bowl 56 ended. But, you know, Cooper Cup, it was mo more of a moment kind of MVP, right? I agree with Fed. Maybe that there it's a bit questionable, but the moments, I think, is what got him that award. The four-than-one conversion in which he was sent in motion to pick up the first down. The big-time catches that he had since early in the game all the way down until the end when the Rams didn't have OBJ and all of that. Kind of weird. Uh, my, my brother, I was having a discussion with him. We share a podcast in Spanish covering the NFL. And my brother said his argument was how many quarterbacks have scored three touchdowns in a game and yet not earn the Super Bowl MVP award. And I think that he said that none in the history of the NFL had been in that situation. I don't know if that number is accurate, though. Uh, I don't know if he checked that uh, or maybe he was just talking when he said that when he said that but hey if it's true then Matthew Stafford maybe has that argument going his way but yeah I, I don't mind Cooper Cup getting the Super Bowl MVP I will say that I will say that I don't mind now I what I do mind and Chuck is is making sure that we don't skip o uh, over this they screwed the Marcus Ware that I didn't like That I didn't like. I think that D were deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know what you guys think. And maybe I will, you know, talk about this before we get into the topic of the show. I don't know what you guys think about the Hall of Fame voting process. Because some people say that the Hall of Fame voting process is a bit impacted because of maybe voters being willing to skip over more deserving candidates since it's their first year in the ballot instead to favor those who, if they don't get soon enough, then maybe they never get into the Hall of Fame, right? So those are the thoughts uh, of some voters, according to some. And some people like it. Some people say, yeah, you got to have that extra benefit. Maybe you, you need to earn that extra benefit to to be a first ballot hall of famer and i think that it shouldn't impact the decision of a voter i think that in an ideal world if you have a vote for the hall of fame i think that you would need to vote for the most deserving candidates regardless of their year in the ballot If, if it's their first year in the ballot, it doesn't matter. If it's, if it's their second year in the ballot, to me, in an ideal world, it wouldn't matter. Because to me, the conversation should always be among those who are eligible, who deserves to be in the Hall of Fame the most. And I think that voters shouldn't be swayed one way or another. And maybe if someone, for example, said, yeah, Leroy Butler didn't have the career that they were had 
but Leroy Butler has been in, in the ballot for a long time. And maybe if he didn't get in 2021, in 2022, maybe he was never going to get in. I understand that thought process. I'm just saying that I don't like it. I don't know what you guys think. To me, in an ideal world, that doesn't matter. It's just most deserving candidates among those eligible get the votes. And those who are not the most deserving candidates don't. I think that's the simple way that voters should approach their respective ballots. That is just my 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 take, though. Uh, Chuck says, Hall of Fame voting is bull. Uh, Peter Riso, thank you for joining the show. Burner account says, Shannon Sharp had three touchdowns and had every single tight end record. He waited three years. This is how the hall works. But should it? But should it work that way? That's what I don't know. Like, I don't like making players wait just because we want you to wait. We don't want you to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. If you are a more deserving candidate than the rest of them, give the vote. Give him the vote, regardless of the year that they're in the ballot. I think that's the way it should be. But then again, you know, Hall of Fame voting is controversial in just about every sport. I don't like, for example, how baseball's Hall of Fame operates. We've talked about this before. Uh, you know, the last time they had their process and elected David Ortiz and not Barry Bonds and Roger Clements. We talked about that. Uh, Bruce Got the News says, the hall is broken. Expand the classes, maybe. What is up, Stevie Mac? What is up, Stevie Mac? Say, uh, reminding people to hit the like button and share the stream. Thank you, Stevie. I appreciate you. Uh, Michael says, second half, Stafford was down to one reliable wide receiver. Big time catches, says Michael. Defending Cooper Cup as the Super Bowl 56 MVP. No doubt about it, by the way. He, he stepped up for the Rams. How is Zach Thomas still not in the Hall of Fame? Who's the... <laughs> I'm going to improvise a question here. We've, we already got burner accounts, answers. But who is the one player that you or, or person, coach, player, whatever you want it to be, who's the one person that you cannot believe that he's still not in Canton? Who is that player or coach that you remember year after year and you say, how is this guy not in the Hall of Fame. Burner account is bringing up Zach Thomas. I will tell you who's mine. And I think about this just about every year. I cannot believe that Dan Coriel is not in the Hall of Fame. That is right. Like, it's the Eric Coriel offense. And he is not in there. He revolutionized the way football was played. And I cannot believe that he is not in the hall. I kind of get it because, you know, he didn't win a Super Bowl as a head coach. So I understand that. But when something as basic as the route tree was invented by a coach alongside a scheme that revolutionized the way football is played and the way football is called more than anything, and he is not in the Hall of Fame, I don't know. I have my, I, I, I've never liked that. I never liked that Coriel is not in that hole. I think that people talk about the West Coast offense. People talk about the Coriel offense. 
among many others, but, but those two always stand out. And it's gotten to the point in which in the modern NFL, you really don't have West Coast teams or Coriel teams. You have a little bit of everything. And that is what I don't fully understand yet. How is Coriel not there? So Bruce got the use as D where and Woody. Hey, Woody has been missing for a long time. Woodson, Woodson should be there. I agree with that. And D-Ware, hey, we can now add him to the list, right? How is not how is D-Ware not in the Hall of Fame, even though it's only been one year? They better not make this a long wait, by the way. Hey, hey a year ago, you could have answered Drew Pearson. Good evening, Kenneth Fraser. Thank you for joining the show. Uh, let's see. Lumen, oh, he was asking about Stevie Mac's blue name on YouTube. <laughs> Carlos Holloway says, oh, no, first Jason says, I think the Marcus Ware should make the Hall of Fame, but Roger Goodell is a Cowboys hater and doesn't like Jerry Jones. I will tell you this, though. I, I do believe that this is uh, not necessarily a, a, a Roger Goodell thing, but I like that theory, though. Uh, Rogers, if Rogers leaves the NFC, which we'll discuss tonight, I still don't believe we're one of the top teams in the conference. Jeff Hitt, he's a sure Hall of Famer for sure, says burner account. I love the, the Jeff Heath love from Cowboys Nation. Roger Craig was pretty good, says Tony Peters. Can't believe, says Bruce, got the use. We, are, we were lied into thinking that Jimmy Johnson is going into the ring of honor. Hey, they got me. I, I will say that during that week before the Hall of Fame game, and we already had prime time going, by the way, and that is maybe one of the Oh, Frank Gore also missing from the hall. He will end up there for sure. He's already eligible, right? Frank Gore is already eligible to, to, to make it into the hall. Was this his first year as an eligible player to make it to Canton? But yeah, uh, back to the Jerry Jones thing. I will say that during the Hall of Fame week, when the Cowboys were going to play the, the Steelers and Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones shared that wholesome moment in the Fox broadcast. I'm sure that you guys ended up catching that. If you didn't live, you saw the clips later. Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson seemed at peace with, with, with each other. And a few weeks early, earlier, Jerry Jones had gone on record to talk about how it was his mistake to break that relationship between him and, and Jimmy Johnson. So I'm also surprised that that didn't end up happening. I, I, I thought that Jerry Jones was going to set those issues aside and get Jimmy into the, the ring of honor. And I remember that in the Fox broadcast, that was brought up. That was brought up. They discussed it, and it, it sounded like it was going to end up happening. By the way, all of this history conversation reminded me that I'm going to drop a teaser here really quick. Every Wednesday here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, we do one cool thing, and it's a segment to share something personal, uh, something professionally related to your lives. And it's just this wholesome moment that we share once a week. I cannot wait to show you my one cool thing, 
which is a Dallas Cowboys related gift that I received today. It was a belated Christmas gift that got caught up in customs and I wasn't able to get it until today. And man, it is an amazing gift and it's related with the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that you guys will enjoy it when I, when I show it to you. So stay tuned for Wednesday when I will share that with you. So moving on, <laughs> Jerry lied to us this Holloway and we are probably cursed because of it. Uh, Kenneth says Jerry Jones was stupid to fire Jimmy Johnson in the first place. He really was. Hey, listen, I, I wasn't burned <laughs> yet when all of that happened, but that, that was, there was, there is no way to justify that. There is no way to justify what happened back then. Let's talk about the Super Bowl 57 odds. And I know you might be thinking, Mo, what are you talking about? It is too early. We are one day removed from Super Bowl 50, uh, from Super Bowl 56. But hey, it's never too early to take a look at what the expectations for the Cowboys are in the upcoming season. These are sports. Hope springs eternal in sports. Stephen White says, I got a Christmas gift yesterday, yesterday too. Cowboys number 10 rush blue shirt. Stephen White now officially the only person. He already was the only person that I knew with a Cowboys Cooper Rush jersey. Now Stephen White has been promoted to the only person that I know that has and owns two separate Cowboys apparel pieces. Or <laughs> Did I mispronounce that? Uh Clothing pieces with Rush's name in there. <laughs> Two Rush clothing pieces for the Cowboys from Stephen White. That is a world Guinness record. Now, these are what the Super Bowl 57 odds look like in the betting world. So this is not my opinion. This is not primetime's opinion or anything like that. This is what the betting markets are saying right now. These are via DraftKings. The favorite in the NFL is the Buffalo Bills. At number two, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs. At number three, the current reigning, defending, undisputed NFL Super Bowl champions, the LA Rams. At number four, the Bengals. And I was surprised about that, and I more on that later. And then at number five, you've got the Dallas Cowboys. I was shocked. I was surprised about that. So the question is, would you rank the Cowboys over, at, or under number five in the NFL? What would you go? And yes, Steve Mack is right. He's saying too early, too early to say, but drop your way too early prediction. Drop your way too early prediction. Would you rank the Cowboys over at or under number five in the NFL? Stephen White agrees with the betting, with, with the charps, with the odds makers. He says at five. Uh, Burner accounts is way under. Uh, the Reaper says, LOL, picked everyone from the playoffs this year. Top five. Says the Reaper. 
<clears throat> Cowboys should have been number one, most likely to make it out of the first round. Says Chuck, way too, uh, way under, says Burner account. Kenneth Fraser says it should be under five. I was surprised. Aren't you guys surprised? Like the Cowboys being ranked in the top five, we felt way better about the 2020 Cowboys, the 2021 Cowboys, excuse me, and they weren't ranked within the top five. So there is a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on here because number one, you might notice that there's a particular team missing. All right, there are, there are a few. The Tampa Bay Bucks are not in this list because of course, Tom Brady has retired officially. The other key absence that I can notice right away is the Green Bay Packers. And that has to do with the fact that we simply did not know. <laughs> We're getting some crypto spam over on Facebook. All right, we have blocked him. Uh, <laughs> no crypto spam here. Uh, anyways, the Green Bay Packers are not there, of course, because we really don't know where Aaron Rodgers will end up at. And actually, fun fact, the Denver Broncos are number six in this list, one spot behind the Dallas Cowboys. And you know that has to do with maybe the betting markets, markets expecting Aaron Rodgers to be in Denver, maybe. If he stays with the Packers, I'm sure that Green Bay would climb up in these rankings. So I think that the Cowboys, quote-unquote, rise in these rankings by the odds makers has to do more with what has happened outside of the Cowboys organization rather than within the organization. I think it has more to do with the changes that we have seen at the quarterback position in a lot of NFL teams, the changes that maybe we will continue to see with the entire Aaron Rodgers Saga over there with the Packers. I was surprised. I will say under though right now. That's my instant gut reaction. I will say that I would not rank them in the top five. I will say this though. Uh, the, the odds makers have also, also had the Bengals. who were just in the Super Bowl. And hey, like you get it, right? Uh, but I think that the Bengals might be ranked a little bit high on this list because you cannot doubt a team that was just in the Super Bowl, but don't you feel like it's different from when Patrick Mahomes lost that first AFC championship game versus the Patriots back in 2018? Or it's also different from when Josh Allen lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC championship game as well one year later. And what I mean by this is, sure, hey, if I were a betting man, which I am, <laughs> I, I would bet on Joe Burrow to make it back to the big one just because, you know, I blindly trust his confidence. But he, the Bengals are not built like the Bills were back in 2019 or like the Chiefs were back in 2018. So we know that Joe Burrow has what it takes to come back to these stages, but I don't know if the Bengals have a good enough team to make us feel confident about them being number four 
in the NFL odds. However, they do have a lot of, of cap space going around for them. So maybe they, they can be aggressive in free agency, and that is a reason to be bullish on the Bengals. Uh, Gilbert Rodriguez says, I think that the Cowboys are at number four because of the money. It's all about the money. And although I don't disagree with it being all about the money, I, I would point out that last year the Cowboys were not this high. But of course, this has to do with the fact that the Bucs were higher and the Packers were higher. But I think that if I'm not misremembering, the 49ers were actually higher than the Cowboys in, 20, in 2021 before the season started, which poetically, you know, ended up being accurate, unfortunately. Bengals were just hot, and it feels like they aren't going to be as good, says the Reaper. Yeah, I, I do think without taking any merit away from them, I do think that I have my doubts about them being the number three team in the AFC next season. Like, let's see if they can win their they can win their division back to back, the Bengals, because the Baltimore Ravens, you know, they're going to be healthier. It's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Bengals have an owner who got the hell out of the way, so they are better. They are better than us. Is burner account? Stevie Max says Bengals have over 50 million in cap space. Whether they spent it or not is the question. I agree with that. Uh, let's see. Janet says I agree for sure. Michael saying think about it in comparison to the Cowboys. Sean Payton coached a crap team, and they still made the playoffs. Yeah, I will go with the under there. I will go with the under. But it definitely has to do with Aaron Rodgers' future. Like, if you're talking about ranking the NFC teams, you got to talk about Aaron Rodgers' situation. And I actually wanted to bring this up with you guys. Yes or no, will Aaron Rodgers stay in Green Bay in 2022? That would be big for the for, you know, for, for the Cowboys and any NFC team involved. And I know some fans always hate it when you maybe discuss the outlook of the conference. And some will say, I don't care about the other teams. Like, if the Cowboys win, it's because of them. But I always think that it's important to look at the outlook of the conference. Yes or no, will Aaron Rodgers stays in Green, stay in Green Bay? Uh, Lumen says, who is six through 10? Oh, with the betting gods. Let me see if I can find that note real quick because I had it and I made a note of the top five, but let me see if I can find that for you real quick. I should be able to find it, I guess. Where did I see that though? All right. In the meantime, yes or no, will Aaron Rodgers stay in Green Bay in 2022? Uh, Jason Renfro goes with the no. Stephen White says Aaron stays. Woody Johnson says uh, Burner account, but no, I think that was something else. Excuse me. Kenneth Fraser says no. I don't think that he will stay with Green Bay. I think that no. I think that's my my answer as well. Bruce got the use says no. The AFC is calling, and it is difficult to make this prediction because. 
it is difficult to make this prediction because it seemed as if Aaron Rodgers was happier about he was happier with his team when he accepted the MVP award. But then Andrew Brandt, who is a former general manager from the Packers, actually, he tweeted out his own theory. And he was right about Rodgers staying in 2020. Now he has changed in 2021. Now he has changed his mind. He says that in 2022, his expectations are for Aaron Rodgers to be elsewhere. And he shared the theory in which he said those comments and that and that shout out to the Packers front office that he offered when he accepted the MVP award and which he didn't when he accepted the, the previous MVP award. What Andrew Brandt argues is it's more of a moving on kind of tone from Aaron Rodgers. Instead of him saying, oh, we're good. I'm going to stay with the Packers. It's more of a shout out to the front office in appreciation, maybe in appreciation, maybe and maybe as a way of moving on. Fernando says that he will be a Denver Bronco, which I would love, by the way. I would love to see Aaron Rodgers with the Broncos. I would also love to see him with the Colts and maybe, you know, get Devontae Adams to get to Indianapolis as well, because those are talented teams. Those are teams that are one quarterback away. However, what you got to love about Rodgers joining Denver is that you're going to get, as looking at it as neutral NFL fans, we are going to get Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert going at it twice a year. That is, that is fun. But you're also going to get Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes twice a year too. That is that is crazy. I I would be blown away by that possibility. So you gotta you gotta like the idea of Aaron Rodgers going to the Broncos. Wherever Rodgers go, says Chuck, Adams will go. It it feels like that maybe is the case. And it feels like it has become, of course, not the same because of the championships or lack thereof, but it has become this similar Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski expectation in which, yeah, we are expecting Devontae Adams to follow Aaron Rodgers wherever he goes. Uh, let's see. If A-Rod goes to the Broncos, it is a Peyton Manning 2.0 moment. <laughs> That is actually correct. That is actually uh, a, a good observation from the Reaper. As long as Aaron's happy, says Stephen White. And how would Broncos fans feel about that, by the way? All right. I have the answer here for Lumen, who was asking about the rest of the, of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Well, these are these are quite different from the ones that I originally saw. Let me see. Oh, actually, well, these are moving quickly, so that that has to do with it. Nine hours ago, DraftKings posted the Chiefs at number one, Bills at number two, Rams at number three, and then he had the 49ers, the Cowboys, Bengals tied, 
And then the Packers, Ravens, Broncos, Bucks, and the Titans were all the way down there. Uh, so the Titans would basically be the 11th team according to according to DraftKings, the 11th team. I know that Lumen was asking for his Titans. But yeah, these betting odds will likely be shifting heavily over the next few days. Let's see. Uh, A-Rod got the betting close to hitting his wall. TB12 finally hit his. Finally, says Michael. Gilbert is saying maybe Tampa Bay for Aaron Rodgers. Could that be? I think there are there are like the clear candidates, which are the Broncos and the Colts. And then you have some dark horses candidates like Tampa Bay, like maybe even the Pittsburgh Steelers with Mike Tomlin. They need a quarterback and there is not really a particular way that they can get one in the draft or in free agency. Yet they could trade for Aaron Rodgers, if that makes sense. Uh, Dallas Junk says, just got back from dinner. What did I miss? Well, we've been talking about the Super Bowl odds and we also discussed DeMarcus Ware, a little bit of everything, honestly, at the beginning of the show. We were we were going on a on on just about everything, to be honest, the Super Bowl and more. But hey, you got right in time, Dallas Young, because I do know that you like draft content. And before we leave tonight, we need to do Mock Monday, Mock Draft Monday. And as every week, we take a look at one mock draft around the NFL. And today's edition is from PFF.com, Pro Football Focus. And they've had the Cowboys taking an offensive lineman with a 24th overall pick. But it's not Kenyon Green and it's not Sion Johnson. Instead, it is a guy that I'm sure Cowboys Nation would absolutely love. It's center Tyler Linderbaum. This player, according to just about everyone, is the top-graded center in the NFL draft. Difficult to know if he will be there at 24th for the Dallas Cowboys. But wouldn't you like Tyler Linderbaum lined up with the Cowboys? You might argue that the weakest spot for the Cowboys' offensive line is left guard. But center... Sure as heck could do with could could use some improvement. Definitely could use some improvement. And Linderbaum to me could be a game changer for the Cowboys. Because remember, the center is always the quarterback of the offensive line. They've got to deal with identifying the mic. They need to do this slide protection schemes. They need to use a lot of that information and be great communicators across the offensive line and when you're talking about mental processing across the offensive line it only picks up as you go inside so maybe the tackles do not do not need this elite mental processing to make it in the nfl but centers always do and i think that tyler linderbaum can do that uh people have been criticizing his size as, as pff points out in its mock draft two 290 pounds but hey, shouldn't be an issue for the Cowboys. So the question for the chat is, great this week's mock draft. How would you react to drafting Tyler Linderbaum? Dallas Junk says that would be a huge W 
if he falls to us. And with offensive linemen, well, with really with any position, to be honest, that's how the NFL draft works, and that is why we love it. But I think that with, with the offensive line, especially when it comes to inside offensive linemen, some of these guys will drop <laughs> constantly. So I, it's too early to tell, but I feel confident that the Cowboys could at least get one of the top three inside offensive linemen. Uh, party at Mauritius if we get Linderbaum, says TV Mac. Ooh, I, I, tickets on, on TV Mac. Tickets on Stevie Mac for all of you guys to come to my place and have a party, a draft party. I like it. Linderbaum just feels like he's a sure thing, says Dallas Junk. And I agree with that. He's got the athleticism. And hey, how about, how about that quote from PFF? Linderbaum would bring Travis Frederick levels of assuredness to the position. If that quote doesn't make you feel great, I don't know what will. Uh, Stephen White says A, A minus. Burner account says depends. Why did he fall and how did the board shake out, Mo? And I actually still have the the PFF mock draft somewhere in here. So let's let me give you some some thoughts on on how that mock draft shake out because I think that is a very, very fair question. Let me see if I can find it real quick over here. Because yeah, it is a it is a great pick for the Cowboys. I agree with people who are grading this with an A or an A plus. I would say A for the Cowboys. This is the best center in the in the draft. It's an A though, says the Reaper. Only 290 says Stephen White LOL, which is kind of small maybe. Context matters in the draft, as always. It really, really does. So these are like the most noteworthy picks that I would point out that were off the board or, or that were still on the board for the Cowboys. So Karlaftis was off, and we talked about Karlaftis last week, edge rusher. Uh, Devin Lloyd was taken by the Eagles in this particular mock draft at 16. So that top linebacker was out of the question. Uh, now, Kobe Dean was also taken, the linebacker from Georgia. The guys that were not taken yet, however, were Kenyon Green, offensive lineman for Texas A&M, and also dropped all the way into the second round was Sion Johnson. So in this particular scenario, the Cowboys would be taking Tyler Linderbaum over the two offensive guards that many people have been talking about and that we have discussed here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I like that mock draft. I would love that. Centers can fall, says the Reaper. People don't think centers are as important as a tackle or a guard, and they might think he is small also. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler could definitely be there for the Cowboys at the 24th, but I would like it. I, I don't I, I'm not concerned about the size. 290 is not maybe ideal. I don't know what the percentile would be for that in, in the NFL. I know that it's not a big deal as if maybe you as if you compared it to tackles. 290 for a tackle, maybe you're in a bad spot. But I think that with a center, if he anchors well, 
if he has an, a, a way to not get pushed back into the pocket and lose that depth, I think that you can make it work. I like I like Tyler Linderbaum quite a bit. I will say A for the Cowboys. I'm not worried about the size. I think he would be an absolute steal. So with that, we will close out the show. We will close out the show here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime tomorrow night. Looking forward to talking more to you guys about the Dallas Cowboys. As always, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content, Cowboys articles. Shout out to Matthew Lennox, by the way, who just joined the staff. He will now be covering the Cowboys for ADC Sports Dallas. So I'm excited about where ADC Sports is going. And hey, you can read those articles over here, adcsports.com slash Dallas. Check out Matthew's latest. He, I think he literally just published it, his first while we were on the air here on primetime. So make sure you check that one out. It's on. Let me tell you what it's all about because I was just getting that notification. 2022 may look different, uh, may look a lot different at wide receiver. And it's you look at Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CD Lamp. You can check that out on on adcsports.com slash Dallas. Thank you, guys. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the show. I appreciate you, and I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central, here on Primetime. Let's go. Thank you, guys. Happy Valentine's.